0: It is my joy to welcome you to today's podcast our prayer is that the lord will minister to you in a special way during our time together it's such a joy to be standing here with the unchanging word of our true living god hope you're all doing well this morning before we get into the word let's look unto the lord in prayer. Amen. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for this beautiful day Lord. Thank you Lord for this another opportunity to minister to your precious ones. Thank you Lord that revelation knowledge will flow freely, uninterrupted, and unhindered by the enemy. Lord, I pray that you would speak through my voice and think through my mind, Lord. None of me and all of you, Lord. Let your name alone be glorified. Let this word come in pure simplicity and understanding. Let it not return void, Father. Touch your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. And all saints said, amen, amen. Let me start with a question. How excited were you to log into your devices this morning in order to be a part of the online Sunday service? Was it same like the Easter Sunday morning service? Did you wake up a little early so that you don't miss out on anything from the service? Well, there is something special about the Easter service, isn't it? After all, how can we not enjoy the message of Jesus' resurrection? However, We are not celebrating Easter or Resurrection today, but Ascension. Ascension is the day 40 days after his Resurrection. Jesus was visibly taken into heaven, taken up into heaven. Today is the first Sunday after the 40 days from Resurrection Sunday. While we might not think that this day deserves the same kind of attention as Easter does, the disciples thought differently. In fact, they were more excited about the ascension of Jesus than they were at resurrection. Don't you think so? Picture this. On the Easter Sunday evening, Do you remember how Jesus' disciples were? Where were they hiding? Behind locked doors that night, afraid of the Jewish leaders. During the day, they had received various reports of Jesus' resurrection. They might have received many WhatsApp forwards, Facebook feeds and breaking news from the various news channels of those times. But for most part of the day, they remained sceptical of the truth. Even when Jesus appeared in their midst that evening, some still doubted until he took a piece of fish and ate in their presence to prove that he wasn't a figment or illusion of their imagination it's not very often you hear a message on ascension. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus had appeared, sorry, Jesus had prepared the groundwork for the salvation of mankind. With Jesus' ascension to heaven, we come a full circle You see, when Jesus arrived in Bethlehem, it was God joining us in our humanity. Now, as he ascended from Bethany to heaven, Jesus is taking our humanity into the very presence of God. God's purpose from the very beginning is to bring humans into the union with him so that you and I can share in his life and love. The ascension of Jesus is the completion of a miraculous journey from the darkness of death to the glory of heaven. The title of my message today is Jesus' Ascension baton that he passed on now baton is an american pronunciation baton is the british pronunciation it's nothing but that stick that athletes use in a relay race which one passes on to the other when jesus ascended to heaven he remembered to leave behind few things And that's the baton that I'm talking about this morning. The Bible portion for today's message is from Acts chapter one, verses one until 11. In Acts chapter one, Jesus is saying goodbye to the disciples. For three and a half years, they have been together for three and a half years. They have been intimately interwoven through good and bad times. He had changed their lives. They had never been the same. They spent 40 incredible days together after he arose. And now it's time to say goodbye. He is leaving, he is going home. And he tells them to do his work in the meanwhile. He left as he left the earth, ascending into heaven he left behind some things and i'm going to talk about seven things that jesus left behind as he ascended to heaven well with the resurrection we hear a, we we read and we know of a thing that jesus said which is uh, which is in john chapter 19 verse 30 where it says it is finished he was saying that the atonement for sin was finished that tells us that nothing more needs to be done salvation is complete in christ then what is it that i'm talking about which he left behind things that he left behind or the baton that he passed on number one is an unfinished task. Verse 1, it says in the first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. His task was not finished. His task was not finished. Luke chapter 19 verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost as long as there is one person who has not heard the message, the task is not finished. He left the task to be finished by his church. The mission fields cry out, unfinished. The remote areas in our city, the outskirts of our town and cities, they cry out, unfinished. The wailing of an unsatisfied soul cries out, unfinished. The voices of your neighbors cry out, unfinished. You have some loved ones in your family who cry out, unfinished. Perhaps your soul is crying out, unfinished. Matthew 18, words 19, 18 uh, 28, words, 18 until uh, 20, talks about going and making disciples. Talks about a task that has been assigned to us. What are we doing about that unfinished task i came across a beautiful illustration on evangelism and i want to share that with you all right um i have three boys i have three sons and uh, they are not that disciplined kinds you know because i come from an army background i love things to be in order i like a lot of discipline to be there in my life but when it comes to my kids they aren't that while I'm grooming them at this point of time. When they come back from school, um, the shoes are not kept back in the rack. The uniforms are not kept back in the soil linen bag or box. They don't, they leave their bags on the bed. The tiffins and the water bottles doesn't go back to the, the kitchen. It's all over the place. So I called up my elder son one day and I said, you know what, I want you to keep your room clean he heard me five minutes into it he comes back to me he says dad dad you know what i have by-hearted what you told me to do keep the room clean okay after some times he comes back in 15 minutes he says dad dad you know what i have i have i have by-hearted this in five different languages i can speak this in english hindi malayalam tamil telugu wow after some time, he runs back to me and says, Dad, you know what, I called up my friends. I told him that, you know what, we should do a combined study. We should sit together and discuss on how to keep our room clean and that we should keep our room clean. After some time, he comes back and he says that, I've, I've you know, this weekend, I've called all the friends in our colony. We're going to come together, sit, discuss, and we'll see how to keep our room clean. The room is still not clean. You think I'm going to be happy? You think that's going to give me joy? That's exactly what you and I are doing. He says, go and make disciples. We say, Lord, Lord, I have by hearted Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 until 20. And Lord, you know what? I can recite that in Hebrew. I can do that in Greek. I can speak about that in Malayalam, Telugu, Tamil, English, Hindi. You say, God, you know what we're planning is we've, we've called the whole group people staying in our colony. We're going to sit together. We do, we're going to spend the whole night in prayer. We're going we, to spend time thinking, praying, and run a seminar and see how to make disciples. Is the Lord going to be happy with that? The work is still not done. Ask an individual introspective question. How many souls have you won for Christ? How many mission trips have you gone for? Some cases do it, but some of them not. I'm just asking a question. Obviously not at this lockdown period, but once it's all done, it's all over. Should we not look at doing something for the Lord? The question is, are you actively participating in carrying out his unfinished task? You see, if you don't help, much of the things are going to go undone. I'm not saying this. John chapter 9, verse 4, it says, We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. Today, you and I have freedom. Today, you and I can share. But there can be a possibility, there can be a night when you and I will not be able to. Why waste the time? Let's move on and finish the unfinished task that the Lord has assigned to us. Number two is an unchallenged message. It's from verse three. Acts 1, verse 3, says during the 40 days after crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. The message of salvation can't be challenged. The message of salvation Cannot be challenged. Man can't challenge it. Liberalism or pluralism has attacked this one area more than any other. Man has attempted to produce various other means and ways of or methods of salvation. But this message cannot be challenged. You know, Paul says this beautifully in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 until 9. I want to read that. It says, um, Paul says here that I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preached to you. I say again, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. The message can't be challenged. The message can't be different. Satan can't challenge it. The gospel lives on. We see an everlasting gospel. We read that in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, where and I saw another angel flying through the sky carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world to every nation tribe language and people it's an everlasting gospel everyone who challenges the gospel of Jesus Christ will be in the number that's mentioned in Revelation 20 words 14 and 15 which is the lake of fire you can't challenge it and still go to heaven if you attempt to go to heaven any other way than through Jesus Christ it is an attempt to go to hell if you challenge the gospel of Jesus Christ with your good works which people in the world today talk about you will lose it is an attempt to go to hell you see we are going through a tough times probably all of us are sitting in at homes and maybe some of us may have a lot of time, maybe we are, we are uh, watching a lot of things on the internet, maybe reading a lot of things, listening to a lot of things. Many things on the internet is not true. We need the wisdom from above. These are the last days. Matthew 24 verse four says, take heed that you are not deceived. That's for us, we need to know what is it that we are listening to or watching or getting attracted to or what we are, we are trying to preach? The message of salvation cannot be challenged and this needs to be passed on because that's an unchallenged message. Moving on, number three, it's an unquestionable love. Again, the verse 3. You see, no one can question the love exhibited by the Son of God. He gave his life that you and I might live forever. He gave his body to be bruised for us. He shed his blood for an uncaring world and a generation of perverts. He who left his home in heaven and came to a world of sinners who rejected him and nailed him to the cross. He who loved and cried out to the Father saying, Father forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. He bowed his head in shame and in suffering and then died for a world who hated him and wanted to do nothing with him that's an unquestionable love is there anyone listening to me this morning who would do that for a world of people who do not care unquestionable love unquestionable love he loved you he died for you cause he loved you can the love of Christ reflect through our lives? Can the love of Christ reflect through our lives? Can we pass on Christ's love to the people around? That's an unquestionable love. Number four is an unmistakable plan. We'll read verse eight but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in jerusalem throughout judea in samaria and to the ends of the earth a witness is sworn to tell the truth of what he or she has seen or experienced We are to be witnesses, not to be a super salesperson, attempting to persuade another person by our ability. Man cannot persuade another to be saved. It has to be Jesus. John chapter six verse 44, Jesus says this, for no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. And at that last day I will raise them up. It has to be the Christ in us. We witness to, to to that which has happened to us. And now here is the plan. We are to witness first in Jerusalem. That is our surrounding area. Our neighbors, our co-workers, our colleagues. Our friends, our families, we have witness to them. Judea, that is further out from our home base into some of the outskirts of our, of our town or our city. Samaria, that is still further out in our nation, probably the northern part of our country, the northern states of our country. Ends of the earth, that is, the foreign missions. You know, Pastor Wilson always talks about going to the countries like Bhutan, Maldives, perhaps the European countries too, where Christ is missing from their churches, from their hearts. Let's not mistake the plan. It's an unmistakable plan that is that what we have. Moving on. Number five is an unshakable testimony. Verse ten, it says, "As they strained to him, rising into strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them." If you could just get the professing Christians to look steadfastly towards heaven, our task would be much easier. I hope you're getting me what I'm saying. Professing Christians, steadfastly looking towards heaven. Because you and I have a testimony. You and I have to maintain a testimony. Your testimony will either exalt Christ or shame Christ. If you're not looking for him to come soon, you will, you will cleanse yourself. If you're, looking to, if you're looking for him to come soon, you will cleanse yourself. He who has no thought towards the second coming of Christ is not living a testimony for him. Christians today live as if the world will go forever and ever not realizing that you're actually sitting on a ticking time bomb which can which can just go off any moment we need to take care of our testimony you can lose your testimony in a moment of time and that's the reason peter says this in first peter chapter 5 verse 8 stay alert watch out for your great enemy the devil He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Our testimony is important. Our testimony is important. We gotta see whether we exalt Christ or shame Christ. Looking forward to his second coming. Cleansing ourselves and staying alert all the time. The, the sixth baton that he passed on, or the thing that he left behind, is an unstoppable force. The portion is verse 11. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return. From heaven in the same way you saw him go an unstoppable force Luke 24 49 says and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven acts 2 4 says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit This group of men returned that day to the upper room and there with some other saints began to call upon the Lord, began to call upon the Lord in prayer. And then you see what happened. And you see them in Acts chapter 2, the last port where it says 3,000 got saved. Acts 4 verse 4 says 5,000 more got added. Acts 5 verse 14 says yet more and more poop people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of men and women. Now the translation says, multitudes of men and women. The fear of man didn't stop them. Persecution didn't stop them. You and I are a part of that unstoppable force. We haven't yet got got hold of the force like they got in the first century, when we actually recognize that we are an unstoppable force that the world must reckon with, then you will begin to see the results. An unstoppable force. The Lord has left that behind, given that to us. That's within us, that somehow we don't exercise. Number seven and the last baton or the thing that he left behind is an unfailing promise. Verse 11 is the reference portion. Now John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home, if this were not so. Would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Church, when the battle gets tough, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Because one day soon, that trumpet is going to blow as it said in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, then we will be with the Lord forever. Man, that's an unfailing promise. If it wasn't so, he would have told us so. I believe it. I'm holding on to it. I'm looking to him, looking for him to come today. Are you ready? If he comes today, Will you go with him? An unfailing promise. Church, let's recap on the seven things that he left behind. The baton that he passed on. Number one, an unfinished task. Number two, an unchallenged message. Number three, an unquestionable love. Number four, an unmistakable plan. Number five, an unshakable testimony. Number six, an unstoppable force. Number seven, an unfailing promise. Until he comes, you are part of what he left behind to do his work. Let's close our eyes, look into the Lord. Father, we wanna thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the unfinished task that you have assigned to us, Lord. Help us not to mistake the plan that you have for us, Lord. Help us to have an unshakable testimony, Father, Lord and exercise that unstoppable force that you've given us, Lord. And cling on to the unfailing promise that we have from you, Lord. Help us to lead a life which is pleasing in your sight, Father. Thank you for hearing our prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you would like more information about our church or would like to make a comment, please mail us at info at newlifeag.in. God bless you.